Hey guys, it's your girl Boonie, and you're listening to episode 110 of the Boonie Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode. I'm excited because I learned a lot from our guest this episode. And this week, my guest is Amina Peterson. She's the founder of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality. She's also the host of the Fix Your Sex podcast. She's a healer, a sexual doula, an intimacy coach, a massage therapist, a tantric sex educator, a sacred sex worker, a sexual revolutionary, and activist. Come on, all the titles. Uh, she works to connect community, spirituality, and sexuality through her work. Um, I'm telling y'all, y'all not really ready for this episode. I think you should listen with a pen and a pad. It's so many quotables, so many quotables. In this episode, I told Amina she has to put some of them on a t-shirt. <laughs> but if you ever had questions about tantric practices, then you need to stick around and stay tuned for the conversation. Hop right into a Boonies Pick of the Week. If you followed me on Instagram on this weekend, you saw that I took my first trip to the container store. And, oh my God, I want I to get organized because they had everything you could think of. In this first trip, I, I probably could have spent $1,000 if I had it to blow in the container store. <laughs> but instead, I just spent $20. And the little thing I got, it was something to hold my bracelets, a little bracelet container, but it's so cute. And a little earring thing, 20 bucks, But it's just really going to make it look nice in my vanity for my the, the pieces that I wear the most. Okay, so now I'm about to go in the container store online and be like, what else can I buy for my closets for under the bed for the kitchen? <laughs> I'm really, really, really excited about that store. So we don't have one in Baltimore. So I was up in Delaware at Christiana and I was able to um, go in there and kind of go walk the whole store and just get really excited about how I'm going to organize my life soon. Um, housekeeping, we're just going to get right into the feedback from uh, episode 109 with Tashawn Whitaker. You guys really liked last week's episode. Someone said it was very approachable. They did not feel intimidated by crystals and all the medical, metaphysical stuff for once in their life. Thanks for making it simple, as always. Yeah, it's really not. I got a lot of comments about that, like how it was just very simple and you guys like the conversation and how we brought up religion etc so thanks for listening um atlanta my folk in atlanta uh alabama where, where else can you drive from atlanta deep in georgia <laughs> there's only one more week left to get your early bird tickets for the boonie breakdown live in atlanta on november 9th i believe there are 11 of the early bird tickets left and those tick the early bird ticket sales end on September 21st. So you have a few more days to get those. Um, don't drag your feet. Then the price goes up, but you guys still get the same thing. You still get the goodie bag and all of that great stuff. So head on over to theboonybreakdown.com backslash live to get those tickets. I can't wait to see you all there. Also, um, you guys, like I said, have been really killing it with the reviews. Um, I really appreciate all of you taking the time to leave a review on Facebook and in Apple Podcasts if you listen on Apple devices. Um, 
I'm going to highlight one really quickly. This is my love underscore 0105. So here's the thing. I'm a new mother. She Come on, Baltimore. Mother. <laughs> so I'm typically watching childish shows yet yearning for adult interaction. Praise them. I found the best podcast for car rides, bath times, and lunch break. She keeps me current with everything from local, state, and federal government going on to the latest sex techniques and jargon. Bottom line, you should subscribe if you haven't because it's Liddy and it's sort of necessary so shout out to my love 0105 for the bomb review and you too we only want those five star reviews okay leave them over in apple podcast if you already subscribe to the podcast and apple podcast you will need to go to the search type in the boonie breakdown and that's where you can leave the review okay follow us on instagram and facebook at the boonie breakdown you can follow us on twitter just boonie breakdown and when sharing this episode on all of your social media, please be sure to use the hashtag the Booney Breakdown. You can tag us or you can use the hashtag pod N P O D I N. So that's it, guys. So let's get ready to break it down. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and I am excited for my guest for this episode. I have with me Amina Peterson, and she's the founder of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality. So I hope you are intrigued just by that title alone. Uh, and let's welcome Amina to the podcast. So thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I, you know, we were just chatting about how I found her, and I found her on Instagram like we... Um, we find everyone these days and Literally. when I saw the yeah I'm like when I saw the work that she was doing I'm like ah I gotta have her come on <laughs> I'm so glad that yeah, I'm I can't tell you how grateful I am for Instagram it it is it is literally my everything these days and I find more people and more people find me that way so as much as I sometimes want to take a break from the Mark Zuckerberg engine. Um, I'm, it's so I'm, hard. It's so hard. I just, I'm, I'm, look, I'm grateful for what it is. <laughs> yeah. It is as much as I try to unplug, I can't, I, I, I've done like where I've gone like a weekend, but it's, it's really hard to completely disconnect. <laughs> That's why I tap my, I mean, honestly, I, I take groups to Cuba twice mm -hmm. a year. And that's the, one of the greatest joys I have about that trip is that, it teaches you that you can. Um, you, we just don't want to. And I'm going to admit, I don't want to because it's my work. I get money from it. It's good. I can't have socialization while still laying in my nakedness in my bed. And it's all fun and games. But when you get to Cuba and the internet shut down on you, <laughs> you do a whole thing, honey. Wouldn't that be, this is totally off topic, but wouldn't that be so cool? Like, remember how, like, TV used to turn off? Like, wouldn't it be interesting if, like, that's what the internet got to like it would turn off like that would be weird, It'd be weird. i mean i know they do it in like a lot of countries but i don't know it would be yeah. weird um we it might be weird. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason you're here let's get to that um when i was looking at your bio and, and then the work that you were sharing on instagram and then i went to your website the one thing that intrigued me about you know what you do you call you say you're a sexual doula Mm -hmm. And as soon as that, I was like, okay, we think of doula, we think of childbirth. Um, yeah, you gotta, what, what is that? And, and like, how do you incorporate that into your work? 
So the word doula actually has nothing to do with childbirth. And the word doula is actually, a, it loosely translates to servant, um, okay. which, you know, can be problematic in a lot of ways, especially as a black woman. However, um, there's a difference in moving into a space of servitude and uh, willingly, right? And so yeah. when we look at birth doulas or death doulas, it's another thing that that's a real, a real thing. Um, where people are actually working in service to the person that is experiencing that thing. So you're in service to the person that's experiencing childbirth. You're in service to the person that's experiencing and approaching death. And for me, I'm in service to the person that's experiencing sex, that's going through a sexual experience, um, whether that's uh, sexual intercourse or preparing for a sexual relationship or a sexual awakening that I work, I work in service to them, guiding them to, into and through the um, the sexual experience. So, uh, in service to them, it's it's a to me a place of honor in that in that respect and in that moment to yeah. be trusted with such an intimate experience to guide someone. And I know for some people listening, like the, this is a new concept, and even for myself, some like I had I had to like research it as I was researching you. And how does that look when you're you're doing this practice? And is it one on one, or do you do it with couples, or how does how does that work? Like, what would be the first session or something that someone would do with you? Um, so my first session is always a, a consultation. I work with clients that are interested and don't know what, like uh, most people are like, I don't know what this is, but I've been following you. Or I've been reading your, your blogs, or I've been listening to your podcast. And I think that I need this in my life. So we start with a consultation and I kind of get to know the person and see what their needs are. And then I do work, um, sometimes preparing them for sex. A lot of times, okay. we're, a lot of times we're having sex, uh, many of us without really thinking about what that means. So we're just moving into sex because it feels like it should happen next. And usually that idea has come from like Hollywood or seventh grade. Both are very, <laughs> both are very bad places to get any type of um, guidance around sexual experiences. And so we just end up, you know, I talked to a lot of people and I asked them, well, okay, with your current sex partner, um, how did you move into a sexual space with them? What was the conversation like? Or did you just end up there? And nine times out of nine, it's like, oh no, we just ended up there. We just started having sex. Yeah. Right? And I feel like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like today, like sex is so transactional in a bit. Um, kind of like you said, like, oh, we did this. We went on a few dates. I like it. Like, it's just very yeah. uh, cookie cutter. And so it's also very specific to like heteronormative behaviors. This is what I'm supposed to do. So yeah. even in the queer community, many of us queer folks um, are moving in a way that just represents like this kind of stair step or elevator process to get into each other's intimate space. And then, um, do uh, you know participate in behavior that mimics heteronormative friction play and it, that's cool don't get me wrong I, I can orgasm that way too but there's so much more <laughs> to sex and a sexual experience than to have it just dictated by um some puritanical ideal that this is these are the steps that we take to get to intimacy and so i'm helping folks reframe their understanding of sex and sexuality 
and helping them experience intimacy and pleasure mm-hmm. in a way that allows their body to fully realize the capacity for pleasure. Mm. That that's heavy, the capacity for pleasure. Like so how do how do we like where we are, especially with dating and it, the way relationships are framed in this microwave generation. Um, how do we, would, when you're working with someone or a couple, what is like one, the first thing you tell them to help them, I mean, I'm going to say air quotes, kind of correct this in their sex lives? Oh, what is the one thing? There is no one thing. I guess what, the common theme I have maybe is um, to prepare them for grieving mm. because there's a part of, of what you, of what you expect um, from your lovers and from yourself that may not be what you desire or what they desire. So um, a lot of us have built our entire existence around that and letting that go sometimes requires some grieving. Um, and, and sometimes it's deeper than that. Sometimes you actually have to let the lover that you're with go. And that requires, <laughs> you know, like if there's this process of releasing that allows you to be able to receive what you're supposed to have. And so with, with release and being, knowing that you're going to be okay when you let go of something, that's, that's what that grieving process, when we truly get to experience it, in a very real way, right? Then that yeah. happens. What typically happens, we're not allowed to grieve as like, period. We're just supposed to show up the next day and be ready to be okay. Um, fix our face, tighten it up, no matter what kind of loss we're experiencing, especially as black women or black people, this is just what happens. And so my practice is centering blackness and I'm coaching around this reality that we have to know that we get to grieve. Bereavement is written into the system here, but it's been denied for us. And so we have to go through this process where we get to grieve and let go and release and prepare for what we truly deserve and desire. And and that process, that's probably the one thing that I'm preparing most people for in this process is letting go of, of, of all kinds of things. Wow. And, and listening to you say that, like for people who are in partnerships, um, why is it so difficult sometimes? Or even when you're not, if you're single and you're just dating or whatever, but why do you think it, it's, it's so difficult to talk about what really feels good? You just mentioned like the capacity to experience pleasure. Like what is that block that really stops people from truly saying what they want? I think for many of us, um, and I can I can only speak really from my personal experience and my experience with coaching. So um, mo- many of us are centering someone else's pleasure. And so when we do this, when we center someone else's pleasure and we, we decenter our own pleasure and we start to really rely on outside sources to center ours. Mm-hmm. And and so it's really hard for us to have conversations around our own pleasure 
because we're we're hoping someone else gets it. We don't want to seem forthcoming. We don't want to seem too direct and too brash and too harsh. And we we've been told to kind of make ourselves small and and be less than the goddess that we are. And so we just keep trying to hide that of us, you know. And and I think a lot of us are are just in this space where we're waiting for someone else. Please, anyone, just put us put us in the center of your pleasure. Take care of us. And that that is problematic in a lot of ways, but I think that really prohibits us from being able to have any type of authentic conversations around our needs and our own pleasure. We just, we're waiting for someone else to do it. And we go through relationship after relationship, friendship after friendship, um, family breakdown after family breakdown, before we realize that the potential to receive pleasure is an individual potential that lives inside of us. And we're not going to get that outside of us. I wish you could see me. I'm nodding. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's just such a interesting thing because I love following people um, who are kind of inspirational and aspirational in the sense of the messaging that they, that they share. And that's one thing, like, I think why I connected to, um, to your page because I remember I think I saw something on your Instagram and you were like it was something like what would you what would you be if you weren't responsible for the feelings of others right and just (laughs) yeah that that immediately just came back when you were just talking and I'm like (laughs) it's just a lot to you know manage manage yourself and you're managing others (laughs) it's a full-time job managing yourself but we want to relinquish that responsibility um, because managing yourself is hard. It's, it requires some hard realizations. You have to be very truthful. You cannot manage yourself when you're lying to yourself. Those two things are in opposition with each other. And so it's so much easier just to set self down and start handling everything else for other people. And this shows up in so many ways. It shows up in work. It shows up in love. It shows up in your spiritual practice. It's just easier if I handle everyone else's stuff instead of my own. And it's, it's really not, I mean, that easier is, uh, if you could see me, it's air quotes, right? <laughs> so it's, it's not that it's actually easier. It's just that it's more comfortable mm. and, and we are, you know, creatures of habit. We love spaces that are comfortable and that's what we tend to do. So I'm challenging that post about, you know, releasing the feelings of others not being responsible for the feelings of others. That's my challenge to folks is to start realizing how much weight we put into the feelings of others, how that's affecting us, how that's being a burden to our own healing, our own grounding, our own love, and, and how we can move out of that space. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, like, you know, how you can save things on Instagram, I was like, save. (laughs) Because it just spoke so much. And like you said, just how much we carry that burden of what do you you think about me? And even when you're you're dealing in, um, in in a relationship or whatever, a partnership, when people aren't sexually satisfied and they can't receive their pleasure, what do you recommend that they do? do you, how do you 
suggest that they would frame that conversation? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a big fan of direct truth. I don't believe in being brutally honest because honest is not brutal. Honesty is just what it is. And so my thing is, if I'm not being, if I'm not experiencing pleasure in that moment, I'm going to stop everything in that moment and express that I'm not experiencing pleasure. Now so you're, you're in the act. You're going to be like, wait, stop. Yeah. And I think okay. that most people will realize that they're not experiencing pleasure well before, well, way too early in the game. But what happens is we just kind of keep waiting. And then that other person becomes emotionally invested in the pleasure that they believe they're offering us. And if we stop early on in that mess, then we give them a chance to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. We get a chance to kind of get grounded and maybe make a better decision. Like maybe your lack of pleasure is also your intuition telling you that this is not a space for you. Like how about you your own body for a change and, and, and empower yourself and it's okay to say, I, I'm, I, this, I'm good right here. Like maybe you don't want to say something that is potentially harmful to the person's ego. Although I do say we're not responsible for the feelings of others. Then just back off and say, I'm good with stopping right here. Like to actually step back and, and own your space. And so for me, this is a very important part of my work because I realized that for, you know, as um as a as a black girl who grew up, you know, with with early with early breasts, that being mm-hmm. accused of being um, a fast and then a tease and then this that that that's a very rea- a very big reality for for many um, women and particularly for many black women with extra curves that we don't want to come off as a tease. Yeah, um, and that that's just misogyny showing up in our bedrooms, and we got to kind of get rid of that. And we got to speak to our pleasure immediately and realize that it, it, there's no point in doing any of this if your pleasure is not in the center of it. Just stop. Stop Stop from the very beginning. Like, oh, I like where this is going. I know a lot of women I talk to often that, that well, you know, I really don't like, we've been together for three years. I don't like the way he kisses. Wow. You didn't like the way he kissed in day one. Right? Yeah. It wasn't like three years later you realized you didn't like the way he kissed, but day one you didn't like the way he kissed. What if what if you listen to your body, you listen to the energy in your body, and you listen to your spirit, and you decided that that kiss was an audition and that kiss wasn't gonna bring you pleasure. And so you mm-hmm. use that as as a as a as a moment to sit back and reflect and say, Okay, this is not the one. Or then this is a teaching moment and you stop and say, this is not how I like to be kissed. And then you see how that information is received because that can also say a lot, but we don't listen to ourselves. We're not, we're not, we're not in our bodies enough. And we're just moving through hoping pleasure is going to come and pleasure doesn't show up like that. Pleasure mm-hmm. is demanded. And, and you know what your pleasure is when you sit and observe in the body, what brings you joy but we're moving in a way that doesn't even allow us time and space to see what that is. And so a lot of my work is just, let's go back to this space where our pleasure is at the very center of everything that we do. Well, you need to put that on a shirt. 
pleasure is demanded. <laughs> it is because otherwise you just get a handout, and handouts are just what what what's left over, right? That's not that, that that's not what gonna cut it. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't speak to to your wants and your needs. It just speaks to what's available, and too many of us are just getting what's available. Yeah, I, I pleasure is demanded. That's like a mantra there. Yes. <laughs> that could be like, yeah, look, I'm always thinking like my marketing degree, like that's totally a ne- your next workshop. <laughs> you probably already have one. I'm like, yeah, pleasure. I'm going to write that on the way. Yeah. Let me write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to switch gears since we don't, we have a finite amount of time. And I want to talk about um, Tantra because I feel like <sighs> We all, well, not all, I won't speak in mass term, but some people have this very, um, I don't even know the word I want to use, but the idea of what they think Tantra is, is mm-hmm. generally not that. And I think most people just think Kama Sutra, honestly, um, <laughs> and it's like their only reference point and, and that is it. So I'm, this is a, a vocabulary moment. Exactly what is Tantra? Oh, that's okay. So in English, it's going to be very hard to break down, right? Okay. I always come from the from the point that tantra is liberation. Okay. Um, that's what that's one of the many ways you can break down the word. Um, the it's it's a Sanskrit word that has um, two syllables, and the first is tan, and tan can you know. Um, mean uh um weaving or the, the you know the um connection or something along those lines of like the weaving or um bringing together uniting and then tra is a tool so tantra is a tool for connection a tool for bringing together or a tool for liberation and okay. so when in my for my teaching aspect and the way that i learned it the way that i teach it is that Tantra is, it literally means liberation. It's a tool for liberation. Um, now, that doesn't even break down anything, really. <laughs> what is that? Is that an axe? Is that a pick? Is that a knife? Like, what is this tool for liberation and how do we use it? Um, English is such a limiting language that we sometimes look at things like just at face value of what it could be. And so when we look at the word tool, we're looking for something very specific. Okay. But Tantra is energy. It is a philosophy. It's not a religion. It's a philosophy. And there are elements of this philosophy in other philosophies and religions. So you'll see it show up, show up in Hinduism or um, Jainism or um, Buddhism and also in yogic principles and, and philosophies. And But at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's about embodiment okay. and understanding our access uh, as, uh, to the divine, right? The, the goal is um, just reaching this point of bliss, which is our connection to, uh, to the heavens, to, the, to divinity. And mm-hmm. so when you hear people say anything else about Tantra, absolutely, it all fits in. All of that fits in there. Freaky deaky sex, yep. Seven hour long <laughs> sex, yep. Seven hour long sex. That was um Sting's thing, I think, back you know maybe ten years ago. Sting <laughs> kind of talked about him and and whichever supermodel wife he has that been engaging in this seven hour long tantra sex. But wow. you know, this this idea that it can be many things, 
Um, I'll never forget when I found Tantra, just so we're clear, and I like to make sure that this is out there in the universe that everybody knows, I finished massage school um, and was working as a sex worker and moved to Hawaii and found out that um, there was a version of massage that people were doing called Tantra. And so I wanted to learn what they were doing because I liked their price point. Ah, I said, okay, so I'm only charging one fifty for a hand job, and these girls are charging three, five, six, seven hundred. I need to study tantra, and that's how I became Buddhist. Through a hand job now. I know you may be out there in the world struggling, but you're one hand job away from enlightenment. Listen, listen. So now I feel okay, see here we go to the detour. Okay. So but I have to I <laughs> is a tantric massage. So it's not what I thought it was, right? So I went out and I thought I said, okay, let me go find out. But I'm a nerd and I'm a bookworm. So I went down this dark rabbit hole that none of the other ads were apparently going down. And I started studying Tantra very differently than what it was appearing. Turns out it was just code word and it, I mean there were it was, you know. I, um, there were. It was a way to use the word. It was a way to advertise sex work back in the day, ah, without, okay. without you know really having the police too much in your business. Gotcha. What it, essentially, what it, what it looked like, you know, after once I started studying and learning, I'm like, that's not what y'all doing. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I totally understand the dynamic, and I was, um, I just as I started learning and studying, I just wanted to make sure that I was really getting a good grasp of it because as someone who like, I spent a lot of time, this was always my side gig. I worked in social justice for a long time. So I, as I'm teaching. That's liberation too. (laughs) I've been in liberation. I've been in, I mean, you know, my, I was raised by um, a very hotep um, Panther mother and um, so I've been in the liberation jungle for a long time, but I just wanted to make sure that I also wasn't being appropriative. And so I had to kind of try to balance, like, how do I learn this and still call what I'm doing Tantra? And what does this even mean? So so I started learning a lot more and offering um, Tantric Massage, uh, which which is very neo-Tantra. It's not, it's a very Western um almost bastardization of of what of what tantra um tantric style of touch is in the east but also we have a very bastardized bastardized idea of what relationships sex and intimacy look like here anyway so of course Mm -hmm. anything that comes from that is still going to be um of that light but that just led me to this to this pretty intense practice where I ended up going, you know, to study yoga and becoming a yoga instructor and and really, you know, working on understanding, understanding a little more in depth about what what these philosophies really mean and how they show up in life. And what I've been doing here is taking that information that I'm in a perpetual chase of and translating that into a way that relates very easily to the black urban person Mm, okay the the person with like my grandmother is has mississippi you know she i'm scuba mississippi roots and 
um, and you know what what that looks like for somebody who left from, from somebody from a, a a family line that left the south and moved up north and grew up in the urban jungle and still has this um, ancestral reality of intimacy that mm-hmm. can't be, that can't be felt in an American presence and how do I tie in that and how do I bring in um, African spirituality and how do I link that with with tantric philosophy, which shows up all over the world. You know, we think of it just as, as Indian centric uh, because, you know, in, in India and in the Himalayas is where we see a lot of this yeah. information coming out of, but the information is, is, is knowledge and it's ancestral knowledge. So it shows up everywhere. And we just had more books burned in North Africa because of the crusades. We had more damage done to our culture because of slavery, but our, our intimacy is still very much a part of who we are as people. And, and I think that we have a lot more to show the world than just what, um, what it's seeing right now. And I say that because so much of what the world is taking is social cues and how to, how to be anything is coming from black womanhood. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity to connect with our a more our our deeper side our, our not our deeper side because it's all relevant but our ancestral side and yeah. show that as also a way to to be in this world in this dynamic that we're in I love it and you just mentioned in that you were talking about you know tantric massage and you said tantric meditation and breathing so these are just all segmented practices that you've developed or or um, that you teach just based off the principles that you learned? Yeah, so I didn't develop anything. This is all just, you know, it's who we are. So I like to tell everybody, we're just remembering shit, right? <laughs> um, all of this is all, it's already in our, in our body. It's already in our, in our DNA. Um, what I've looked at is, and I always <laughs> tell folks like, you know, there's, I, I travel, I will go to a lot of tantric workshops and classes and seminars or meditation workshops or even in my yoga classes. And there's only so much to me of having, as a black person growing up in America, you're going to get tired of having um, a white person tell you to quiet down the mind, tell yeah. you to be quiet. Like, it's like, I've heard this before. And so I wanted to be able to have a voice that folks could listen to that looked like me. Okay. And I wanted to, you know, speak to like, I mean, we just finished a yoga practice and Beyonce came on somehow dance with me at like, you know, the 20 minute mark. And so, you know, like, okay, this is a, it's not, I wasn't going to go into this pose, but now this is where we're going. Like, this is something that just cultural competency and a spiritual practice says a lot because the reason why the church has thrived in the black community is because of its cultural competency. And it's become a part of black culture that mm-hmm. we think that you know, the church is that that's black culture. And for me, it never was because my mother didn't, my mother didn't believe that way, you know? So, um, I know that we can embed culture in other ways. And so all of these little fragments from the breath, I mean, this is how we live, understanding breath, understanding meditation, understanding movement. Like mindfulness. Understanding sex, understanding orgasm, understanding orgasmic energy, understanding pleasure. This is all about just understanding human. Yeah. And And listening listening to you, it's like like all mindfulness. 
and, and being present. And, you know, I, to kind of bring the conversation full circle and just even this last part you said, how does Tantra help you speak your truth? That's my favorite part about this whole shindig, really, is that as you start to center your own pleasure, then all the other shit matters not. Mm. Like I, once I truly got to a space where I was really considering, am I happy in this moment? And if not, let me change that. And that's all I'm focusing on. Not if I change, is she going to be happy? Or if this happens, will they be okay? Just me in this moment. Mm. Is that okay? Then I get to be just me, truly me. And what happens is I give everyone else around me the opportunity to love me as I am. That starts to erode away any kind of self-doubt that you can conjure up. Because self-doubt is only because you're trying to do something other than who you are. Yeah. You're being authentic. If you are truly working to be your most authentic self, then folks that are around you that love you, they love you because of who you are. So there's no room for self-doubt. Tantra removes that. Tantra allows you to start centering your own self and, and living accordingly. And it changes everything. Like everything just opens up differently. Your money start looking right differently. Uh. You know, relationships look totally different. How you love and who you love and why you love. The family you ain't speaking to. They, they, it's different even, it's like you don't even care. Like you still love them and you say, I speak to them. Like everything changes. And your whole life just evolves into this way of being that's so completely natural that it's hard not to fucking smile. And that's what you were going for in the first place was happiness, your own pleasure. And it just brings it all back home. So, yeah, that was, that was dope. Um, and you just mentioned too, like, because the audience is mostly black. And so listening to this people, you know, black, black folk, I'm, I'm generalizing again, black folk be scary about new, trying new stuff. And right. so for people who have um, a religious practice and they're spiritual and this, they're listening already, like, oh, I don't know this. I'm a Christian and this, this, the, you don't mention Hinduism and all this stuff. <laughs> how, you know, even though this is rooted in Eastern culture, how do you help people who identify with, uh, with religion, some, re- whatever religion to ease into even giving this a try? I'm going to tell you this right here. It's very quite simple. Did nobody put that clit on your body, but God. <laughs> and those of you that are like, well, I have a penis. It was a clit first. Science. So, <laughs> you can't argue with science, right? You so can. my thing is this. If you believe in a God that's in the sky and you believe that he put your body together the way that it is, and you, then you have to understand that you have two parts or two, there are parts of your body that are designed for nothing more than pleasure. Now, how you get pleasure is up to you, and you can negotiate that with your God. But don't (laughs) deny yourself of it, because that is not how you were designed. 
everything else. I'm not going to tell you how to pray, how to believe, how to be, but I'm going to tell you you're supposed to get pleasure because whatever, whatever you believe, put your body together in the way that it is, put that down there. And so it should feel good. You should feel good. And that is just a small reminder of the pleasure that you are designed to have. Now, I also want to say that no one ever enslaves a people and gives them nothing else but a religion unless <laughs> they're designing them fall away from their own selves. And so if you cannot separate your mind from the tools that the master gave you, then you have to understand that you'll be living in his house and working in his fields as long as you and the generations that come after you will. That's just how it's going to be. So you have to make a decision whether you're going to start using your own mind to understand something greater than you. I can't convince you of that, and I have no desire to because I've decided to center my own pleasure. And I hope that you center yours. But it's there for you. The information is there for you. Your truth is there for you. You can go upstairs after you listen to this podcast and touch it yourself just to find out and be reassured. I can't help you. I will not force you, but it's in your body. Your truth is you. And and you have to learn how to live your own truth. Yes. And please touch yourself because I always say masturbation <laughs> is self-care. Please touch yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I you know, yeah. There's so many people right now that are dealing with health issues that could have been resolved if they had been touching themselves. They would have felt a lump. They would have felt um, something. We've been shamed so far into our bodies that we're dying from it. Let's stop with this. You just said that and I'm going to say my testament. Literally, that's, I felt a lump in my boob like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. Now it could be just a cyst. It could be, but I don't know. I don't know what it wasn't there before. <laughs> right. well, so I, took up, I took my ass to the doctor. The doctor they couldn't say what it was. Okay, we gonna. Get, I'm only 34, but we are gonna get this mammogram. We're gonna do that. And I did the biopsy. The mammogram was inconclusive. Okay, we're gonna do this biopsy because I need mm-hmm. to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, oh, you could come back in six months if it's small. Nope, do the biopsy. I'm not waiting six months. Nothing. Let's so do yeah. It now. Yeah, well, that was because one day I pulled my magic wand out. It's <laughs> <laughs> the magic wand. Yes. Um, so people listening to all of this and you you think Amina is dope and you want to learn more. Um, I know you have a Tantra Fest coming up. So I you do. can give everyone details about this event. The Atlanta Tantra Festival um, was a seed project last year. And now that seed has sprouted a full-grown um, magical tree here in Atlanta. And so we are moving into our second year. It's our second annual. I can now say the word yeah, annual. You, yeah, please don't say first annual. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. We our second annual Atlanta Catcher Festival is going to be held here in the city. We say Atlanta. We mean Atlanta. For those of you that are from here, it means inside the perimeter. For those of you that's not, it means that it's not another city. So not it's in Atlanta proper. Um and we sent, it's the only Tantra festival in the world that centers Blackness. We're the only Tantra organization, um, and religious, spiritual organization that centers Black people in our pleasure, specifically Black women in our pleasure. And um, it's a two-day festival that rolls into a third day with some magical specials. Um, but it's you, you don't want to miss it. There's meditation, there's yoga, there's workshops all day long. There's plant-based 
food that's included in your cost of admission. Oh, you don't wow. have to go about buying your breakfast, lunch, and dinner from a vendor. I, we feed you. We take care of you. We hold space for community. We are a nonprofit organization. I have my for-profit business. This is a separate thing that I do. And it is the goal is to um, make sure that we have um, the tools that we need to be the love that we want to see in our communities so that we can expand that out. And it's just an amazing weekend. There's a DJ, there's music, there's, um, yeah, it's just a lot of goodness. I have uh, some instructors coming from all over the country. You can find out more by following me on Instagram. I'm at ATL, like the airport code, Tantra, like the sex you want to have. Um, <laughs> and I am that on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can find me. And also on Patreon, which is where our membership site is. And you can learn a lot more and watch classes. And, and you don't even have to come out your house. You can just put the YouTube on in, in, your, in your bed and watch, watch the classes there if you can't make it to the festival because you're out of town. Awesome. So we are at the part of the podcast where I do the breakdown. And I'm going to say one word and you can say the first thing that comes to mind. It could be a word, a phrase, a sound, whatever. Okay. All right. The first word, nudity. Yes. <laughs> Healing. Touch. Sexuality. Bliss. Pleasure. Goals. Love. <sighs> Embodiment. Honesty worthwhile fantasy delusional and last one communication necessary bam uh this was so awesome and i hope everyone uh you go out and you follow amina on social media i will link everything in the show notes so just one more time can you tell everyone where they can find you across social media Yes. So um, my website is atltantra.com on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at atltantra. And um, I'm on Patreon, most importantly. So go support us for at least a dollar a day. I'm yes. a dollar a month um, at patreon.com forward slash atltantra. Perfect. So I will have all of these linked in the show notes and on the website at thebooniebreakdown.com. So Amina, thank you so much for this great conversation. I really, thank really enjoyed it. Me. I really appreciate you. And I look forward to um, listening to more Booney Breakdown. Yeah. You know, I'm actually going to be in Atlanta. I'm doing, what? I'm doing a live show in Atlanta in November, November 9th. Okay. I think yeah. I'm in town. I'm not traveling that weekend. Yeah. Look, look, look how the stars align. So yeah. But uh, it was so dope. And, and what the moon looks like that day? What's the moon like? What, what moon? Uh oh. I, I, I you know, and it's funny because I, oh, I, I did not look. I normally look at like, okay, what's in retrograde? What's the? Yeah, November ninth is a Saturday. It is a Saturday. Oh, we got a. Oh, ooh, 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 let's chat. I think I'm. We have a little party that's happening on the tenth. Are you spending the night? Yeah, I'm. I'm there all weekend. Okay. Uh, we have an event that uh, we haven't announced yet, but oh, look, I'm getting exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a little vegan festival on the 10th. Oh, dope. So, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. 
thank you again for doing the podcast. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. You too. Thanks again to Amina Peterson for coming on the podcast. I enjoyed the conversation and be sure to follow her and check out the second annual Atlanta Tantra Festival if you're in the area. I hope you learned more and you feel inspired to demand your pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts or any app that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave a review too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. And don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope ass week. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Until next time.